0: Kalen's Coffee Talk is a CastBox original produced alongside with Studio 71. CastBox is the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android where you can find all of your favorite podcasts. Now obviously you can listen to my Coffee Talks wherever you get your podcasts, but I hope that you'll give CastBox a try because I think it's the bee's knees. So with that, pour yourself a cup and let's get to it. What you stay focused on will grow, Roy T. Bennett. Hey guys, what's up and welcome back to episode 14 of my Coffee Talk podcast. It's kind of crazy that this is already the 14th episode. How on earth have we been doing this for 14 weeks? I do not know, but one thing I am sure of is the fact that I am... Currently two coffees deep. I actually walked and got an iced coffee solely to sit down and record this Coffee Talk podcast with you guys today because it was just the mood I was in, you know? Like, it's Monday. I wanted just a really big cold iced coffee because it's hot out, and I just wanted to talk about all the things that kind of encompass Monday because today's topic is all about focus. Today is actually, I think like the eighth or ninth day in a row now that I've been on a break from my channel, which if you didn't know, then I took a little bit of a break from my YouTube channel just to kind of hunker down and focus in on finishing up Catcher, the book that I'm writing right now. And the difference in my ability to focus this Monday as opposed to last Monday, which was the first day that I was taking the break, is actually Truly substantial. I've noticed in the last year or so that my mental capacity to focus in on anything has just been getting like slimmer and slimmer. And it's just like every time I try and sit down to do anything, I can focus in for about five to 10 minutes before I'm checking my phone. I'm checking Instagram. I'm looking out the window. I'm changing the music. I'm changing my outfit because I'm just like, oh, I'm uncomfortable or like, oh, I'm hungry. Oh, I want a glass of water. And I just like can't sit and focus on anything for like an adequate amount of time. I think between phones and updates and emails, messages, appointments, multidimensional conversations happening over multidimensional apps, projects, overlapping deadlines and goals, just all of the things that currently exist of 2018, I've just recently found myself like getting super overwhelmed with just keeping me from actually being able to sit down and focus on anything long enough to give it the energy that I feel like I want to or to give you know, the things going on in my life, the energy that I feel they deserve. This in turn leads me to procrastinating and then fast gratification to escape the amounts of stress I feel lingering over my head or the overwhelm for things that I know I should be doing but I don't even know where to begin. So instead I prolong it even longer by making myself a meal or going for a random walk and you guys get the drill. Ever since last week, I decided to use this break as a chance to kind of reteach myself how to focus and how to control the steering wheel so i could start kicking ass again instead of just sitting on mine with a tub of ice cream and a friendly visitor to distract me from the many things i know i should be doing instead so allow me to explain by breaking it down into all of the main factors that play into me recently regaining my ability to focus or at least trying to one of the first things I feel like we need to talk about when it comes to focusing is multitasking. Now, I read a quote recently that really stuck with me. It said 10% of 10 things does not equate to 100%. And that was like, wow, that is so true because I myself am somebody that because there are so many things going on at once, for some reason, I am I trick myself into thinking that somehow it'll be better if I try to do more than one thing at a time and think like, oh, great, like if I can make this happen at the same time that I make that happen and then I somehow can be two places at once to make that happen, then I'll have all those three things done within one hour and then I can move on to the next thing and then I'll just be ahead of schedule, which never ends up going according to plan. My brain just ends up feeling like it's being stretched in too many places at once and then thus creates that chaotic, overwhelming, you know, stressed I think when we try to be Even just mentally in more than one place, we stretch our brain capacity so thin that we end up feeling scattered, we end up feeling overwhelmed, we end up feeling foggy and forgetful. Here's my tip to you. This is what I decided to do at the beginning of last week when I was deciding that I was taking this little YouTube break and wanting to just sit down and learn how to refocus is I collected all of the many things going on around me and in my life into one giant brain net or brainstorm. Brainstorms are something that I'm like super obsessed with. It's honestly, you could literally write just your name in the middle of a page and then just stem like just take a marker, take a pen, and just write down all around yourself, like all of the things that you feel are taking up your stress or your time or your energy right now or things that you need to be thinking about, things that you want to be focusing on, everything. And then once you're done, what I did is I used a number system rating everything from one to three stars on how important it is. And to determine how important it is, it was more so like, okay, how does this serve long term? I was trying to not give three stars to anything that was super, super short term, unless they were like deadlines for something, because obviously that kind of feeds into a longer term thing. Like for instance, if I had a podcast episode deadline, that would get three stars, not because necessarily it's going to help me huge in the long run, but that deadline is is pretty much, you know, part of my job and what keeps my job rolling, which in thus keeps me just, you know, long term happy. <laughs> so rating things from one to three stars, I was able to kind of decide, okay, what is most important or what needs most of my mental like capacity right now versus things that can go off to the side and be tucked away for later. So, taking all of the stars, I rewrote everything from the brain web or brain net into a chronological list of importance based on my star rating. Then once you have that, you've pretty much created your own priority list. Now this list is going to save your life every time you feel like there's a million things that you need to be doing, because all you have to do is look at this list and ask, okay, what comes first? Because it's already there, it's already in order for you. Once you've decided what are your highest priorities, it's easier to decide when you only have a certain amount of time in the day to focus on things, what needs to be done first, and this list is going to be your lifesaver. Side note, I highly recommend putting it in the notes in your phone because then you constantly have this list with you wherever you are. And then every time you go to do anything and you decide, you know, you reference your list, what needs to be done, focus in on that one thing 100% until that task is complete. If it's a big, huge chunk of something, like let's say one of the big things that you put three stars for is like, I don't know, buying a house. You can't just be like, okay, I'm only going to focus on this 100% until I have a house bought and not do anything else. Like, Break down, obviously, those things into smaller pieces. Like For instance, work for me gets three stars because my work is my passion. I love work. And sometimes I let the stress of work kind of overwhelm me and take me out of the grateful mindset of being able to do what I love. And so when I break down, you know, work, like if I have to focus 100% on work, sometimes that means finishing a deadline for a podcast episode. Sometimes that means writing. Sometimes that means filming a video, editing, whatever it is, but breaking it down to a smaller goal and then doing that one thing until it's 100% done rather than trying to do 10 things at 10%. And another note to just add in here really quick before we move on to distractions is it's also really, really, really helpful if you get Done the things that are, you know, three stars are the most important things at the beginning of your day because that is when your energy is at its highest peak, and that is when you know you're not going to use as much self discipline to have to get those things done. Um, A friend of mine actually told me once he said that procrastination is kind of like if someone asks you to hold out a water bottle and you're holding it out in the air the longer you wait to deal with whatever it is you're putting off whatever it is you're holding away from you whatever it is you're holding up in the air the heavier it's going to be or the heavier it's going to feel so instead of holding that water bottle out in the air and just waiting and waiting and waiting as your day goes on to get it done just do it now drop the water bottle and it makes life a lot lighter and easier. Which leads me to the second thing I feel like we have to talk about when it comes to regaining our focus, and that is distractions. Short-term gratifications versus long-term gratifications. Because in all reality, a distraction is truly just a short-term gratification to kind of help us escape from the things that are stressing us out or, you know, things that we just don't feel like doing. Distractions come at us every single moment of every day. These are things like having to use the bathroom, eating a meal, to interacting with others, checking our phones, just a impulsive thought, maybe another episode on Netflix, a party going on tonight instead of doing the work that we know we should be doing. Distractions come from a wide range of things, things that we have to do, like hopefully, you know, you just actually use the bathroom, don't ever just ignore that distraction, to things that we don't have to do, but we do it because we just don't feel like doing the things we should be doing, which is, you know, the party next door, going and getting ice cream with your friend instead of doing the work you have to do, etc., etc. Like, think of it. How many times would you say in the span of an hour do you check your phone? Honestly, for me, it's disturbing. I actually recently downloaded an app that tracks my screen time after watching a video of Sarah Basquez, where she talked about how, like messed up it is, like how much we are addicted to our phones. And I was watching this video being like, yes, this is so true. So I downloaded an app to just see how much I check my phone. And guys, it was actually embarrassing how many times it showed me just checking my phone, opening the same apps, scrolling on the same things for 10 seconds, closing it, shutting it down, and then checking my screen again. Like, I'm not kidding you, five minutes later. It was Alarming. I didn't even realize how habitual this had become until I started to track it. We are constantly being distracted and remain unaware to these minor little distractions and how much of a big role they play in our ability to tune in and focus on things that we're trying to get done, not to mention how much of a big role they play in our energy and our mood. I am a super, super, like super, I could say super about 10 more times sensitive person. It's something that I've really come to know about myself and kind of discover in the last year or so. And it's something that with knowing that, I'm also more aware now of my energy can be shifted super easily is basically what I'm getting at here. I'm not saying I'm sensitive like in the way that if someone's like, you're ugly, I'm going to start crying. I'm sensitive in the way that if someone told me I was ugly, I'd be like, well, that was mean, but it would sit with me, you know, it would like, it would like fester that energy like when people are mean or when I see something that just kind of affects me in a weird way and I can't, I can't shake it from my mind that affects me. So when I'm opening my phone and I'm constantly scrolling through the news or, you know, sad things going on in the world or how great this girl looks in a bikini or how everybody seems like they're doing really cool things today and I'm sitting here editing a video. Those things affect my mood more than I realize and they are distractions that are causing me to not be able to focus. There are definitely things that we need to do on a daily basis to keep up with having a healthy, balanced life. AKA, I'm not saying tell your bladder to just suck it up when you're on a roll with something. By all means, we definitely need to have things that pull us away from our grind solely so we can digest the work that we're trying to do and give the progress we're making time to settle before returning back to it feeling more recharged. The trick is finding the balance within those distractions or within those things that do help us recharge and asking ourselves in every given moment, is what I'm about to do next going to help me short-term or is it going to help me long-term? Sometimes it's important to choose what's going to help you short-term. Like if you're feeling like you need a break or you're on the verge of burning out, i.e. taking this two-week break from YouTube videos, like honestly, I knew that this was something that might not help me long-term on my channel, but for short-term was going to help me get done other things. It was going to help me, you know, not have a complete mental stress breakdown and it was going to help me be able to kind of rebalance before going at you know, YouTube again. So sometimes we do have to choose the things that are gonna make us feel better short-term, and sometimes we need to choose the things that are long-term despite the fact that they're gonna make us feel a little bit uncomfortable. We just need to be aware of how many short-term choices we're picking, especially if they're in a row. If you notice yourself choosing short-term gratification over and over and over again, you're too distracted, and it means you just need to anchor down and just try and focus on one long-term gratification. A way that I like to keep my distractions at bay is by allowing myself a short-term feel good usually every time I finish two to three long-term responsibilities throughout the day, which leads me to the fun part of regaining focus, and that is reward, something that I'm going to be rolling into right after we take this quick little mid-roll break. I do have to say, the one nice thing about drinking an iced coffee right now is that every time I go with a sip from it, it's just colder, which is a good thing for once because usually I drink hot coffee, so this is very refreshing. I feel like this is going to be my new, my new podcast go-to. Okay, which reminds me, where were we? Reward, right, <laughs> which reminds me, something like an iced coffee is a perfect reward, which is the next portion of refocusing we're going to be talking about. Rewards are almost like your own personal pat on the back and something that has probably helped me one of the most when it comes to learning how to refocus. Because when you think of refocusing, it's easy to just, you know, have this mental image of just like work, 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 and like just in the grind and zoning in. But I don't think that we should take the fun out of focusing. And reward is kind of like the fun part of focusing. So let me tell you one of the best things that I have recently discovered. The other day I had to ask myself this, and so I'm just going to blatantly ask you guys. Does your reward or dopamine system stem from yourself or from other people? When I asked myself this question, it messed me up like so bad. (laughs) I was thinking back to past times that I had felt like I was so in the zone and charged up for work, like laser beam focus. And I thought about what I considered to be a reward at those points of my life and realized that all of the rewards came from myself. My rewards were all about things that just made me really happy, made things that made me feel good about what I was doing and not things that made me just look good to other people. I was making myself earn my rewards rather than feeling entitled to them. So for example, I would say no to things like Tuesday plans knowing that I had a deadline on Wednesday, but then come Friday, I would give myself the reward of letting my free spirit fly knowing that all my work from the week was done. That, was choosing something that felt good rather than choosing what looked best in the moment. I would push myself to get quizzical about cooking healthy, delicious foods and what they were doing for my body, even internally, so that the thought of takeout couldn't tempt me until Saturday when I know I'm gonna let myself get any dinner I want, whether it be takeout or just going out for dinner with friends. I always have my takeout meal either Saturday or Sunday. So when I know that that's gonna be my reward, I can hold steady throughout the week and have fun with trying to make healthy, delicious meals from home and cooking and getting groceries for that, knowing that it's not like I can never have takeout again or never reward myself with it again. It just means that instead I balance it out by working hard throughout the week so that I can actually truly like enjoy and marinate in the delicious Thai food I know I'm going to get on Sunday. Or I would allow myself that new yoga mat I had my eyes on after promising myself that I would do yoga every single day straight for 30 days to prove that it wasn't just a fleeting impulse of interest. And which funny enough, in doing that, and creating that reward system and focusing in on things, even just like trying to do yoga every day, here I am seven months later, still practicing yoga every day. And I don't know if I would have done it if I didn't really focus in on that goal with using a reward system and choosing a longer term gratification reward Rather than a shorter one, we need to rewire our reward systems so that they aren't constantly choosing fast and fleeting highs over fought and earned bliss points. Because the thing about a high is that there's also a low. It's fast and it's great and it feels good, but you crash right after versus bliss points. Bliss points are things that we earn, things that we almost have to work for. When you think about Have you ever just like gone for a run or had like a really intense workout and after it's just like right at the end of that workout, right at the end of that run, you go for one last sprint. Like you just really crush it and then all of a sudden it's like you break through into this moment of bliss and you just feel so good. You can't get that kind of feeling without putting in the effort, without putting in the work. You can't just flick a switch and hit that feel good vibe. Because if you did, then there would be no motivation to work for anything. And this is kind of where people tend to get wrapped up into really bad habits. And again, so many podcast episodes I could spin off from this point right here is, you know, this is how drug addictions start. This is how procrastination starts. This is how it's like unhealthy relationships with our food and takeout and just things that make us feel really good and comfortable for a really fast second, but then it's gone. And then we are constantly trying to fill it rather than instead taking the time to work for something that's a little bit longer of a high, makes us feel better longer, makes us feel better on a grander scale. Bliss points to me are the moments where you are enjoying yourself so entirely that everything in the world just seems to make sense. And to gain our bliss points, we need to do what needs to be done so that we can free our minds from the weight that they carry and lift ourselves to a lightness that makes us want to strive for more, want to strive for higher grounds, which then will feed into our motivation and feed back into our focus. Which leads me into my final point when it comes to focusing, and that is perspective choosing your thoughts like you would choose to put on your clothes every single morning. That's another line from Eat Pray Love, a book that I read this year that has stuck with me, and it's when she's at the temple and and you know, her Texas friend says to her, you know, groceries, you got to pick your thoughts like you pick your clothes every morning. And that is something that I just I love that. I love that idea of if you were to envision like a rack of clothes, picking the thoughts that you choose to paint everything with, or the perspectives that you choose to paint everything with, like you pick an outfit for the day. If you can pick a perspective that helps you focus, if you can find an intention or a root cause as to why you want to sit down and why you want to choose to zone in on something, you can in turn get so much more done. My editor, Catherine, who's currently working on Catcher, said something to me after sending back her first review, and it has stuck with me ever since. And with something like Catcher, that is such an extensive piece of work to do, like it has taken up so, so much of my time and there was like a healthy amount of changes that needed to be made. I would be lying if I said I wasn't low-key so scared and so intimidated by the daunting task and I definitely procrastinated it based on my fear or my perspective that I had already painted the project in before I was actually able to sit down and tackle it with my laser beams on. All I can think about was, oh my God, this is gonna take me so long. Holy crap, this is going to be so much work. I'm going to be exhausted. These are thoughts, perspectives that I was choosing before I had even tried to focus on it. And so something that she said in her finalization of her thoughts was this, instead of thinking about how much there is to be done and how big of a task it may seem, try looking at it like you're having a play date with it. And just like that, she flipped something I was over the top stressing about back into a project that I was just playing with originally set out with the intention of just writing something creative and just having some fun. When we spin this playdate perspective on the things that we need to do, the optimistic, I'm doing this because it's going to make my life more fun or rich or it's going to make me more wise or whatever the exciting thing is, it makes way for an instant click of our brain to tap into the task at hand, rather than looking at it as, oh my God, this is annoying. I don't want to be doing this. Like basically restraint, restraint, restraint. When we stop restricting and restraining and pushing things away from us, and we instead will look at them and think, you know what? This could be fun. We open up our minds and we open up ourselves with that fun, loving, optimistic perspective, which makes it easy to then sit down and focus. So that is all the iced caffeinated banter that I have for you based on what I myself have been learning over this last almost two weeks now. Lately, I've been trying to look at my entire life as an experiment rather than something I need to perfect. And I've been trying to let things come and go without clinging to them and just trusting that everything put in my path was sent for a reason and I should focus in on them rather than turning away from them. And with this, and with rediscovering what priorities that I hold dearest to like my importance in my life and my heart, I feel like I've finally be able to put down Instagram for a holy moment and actually check into the things that I know deep down I want to be doing and I I know deep down I should be doing, and I know deep down I I ultimately can have done. Because ultimately, these are the things that are rooting the life that I'm trying to grow. And so I hope that maybe in my recent discovering of what has helped me regain my ability to focus. Might help one of you guys in some way. And if you want a little added juice to, you know, rev up your focus. I also made a playlist last week that called Focus on my Spotify. So definitely check that out too. It has been all of the songs that I've just been playing in the background as I've been working on Catchers. So it's really, it's good music to just kind of like tune out of your brain and tune into what you need to be doing. So definitely check that out too. And with that, I'm going to go finish off the rest of this iced coffee and get on to the next thing I need to focus on today. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's Coffee Talk podcast episode. I love you guys to the stars and back and I will talk to all of you guys next Monday. Bye guys.